It's the fifth season of the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we welcome a pair of new head coaches to Bates. Plus, a look ahead to the cross-country seasons for the women and the men. The programs host their annual alumni meet this Saturday. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Joe Barry was named the 2018 Northwest Conference Coach of the Year after he guided the University of Puget Sound's women's soccer team to a conference championship and a spot in the NCAA tournament. Now, he joins the Bates Department of Athletics as the eighth head coach in Bobcat women's soccer history. Barry joins a program that has a tradition of success, including a NESCAC title and four NCAA tournament appearances. And this week, we introduce you to the Bobcats' new head coach, all the way from the West Coast. You were having a lot of success at Puget Sound. Coach of the Year last year in the conference. What made you decide to make the trip across the entire country to join the Bates coaching staff? Yeah, my wife and I, we joke Portland to Portland, uh, but not so much. Obviously, Tacoma to Lewiston. But a lot of the job for the, the job was, was really just the ideals of the college, you know, being the forefront of social justice for such a long time, being test optional since the 80s, um, just the communal fuel um, was, was really kind of a big draw. Um, you know, when the NESCAC calls, it certainly is something that you have to definitely kind of uh, feel out and, and kind of see what's going on. And so, you know, that was the, the next big jump, I think, was to get into, you know, the best Division three conference and, and try and compete. And then when I got on campus, it was um, something I definitely felt like uh, we could be successful at. The, just the changes in our athletic department for the last, you know, two years or so have been massive. Um, and I really do feel like Lewiston and Bates are, are a place that has a lot of potential, and, and I think it's something that we could do something special. I'm curious for someone who's been in Division Three your entire career, but never in the NESCAC. What was the NESCAC reputation for you as someone who's in the same level of the NCAA but not the same conference? Yeah, it was always, you, you know, you just see it on paper, you know, coming from different regions. You're like, how in the world did they get four teams in? How in the world did they get five teams in? And um, that was one of the things that we always struggled on the West Coast was, you know, our conference would just get one in. And, you know, so, um, you know, that was it, there was certainly a little bit of jealousy and, uh, and and frustration on that side of things. And then, um, you know, obviously you, you see some game film or you catch a game here and there and then and, and you go, wow, OK, those those teams are pretty legit. Um, obviously, the academic reputation goes pretty far also. And, and so being able to have a school that has both the, the academic and the athletic side of things. I think that was, was really kind of what the big mystique was of it. But, yeah, I mean, obviously when you have teams in your league that are competing for conference championships, national championships, you have two teams che- competing for a national championship, it, you know, obviously the conference is doing something on the right side of it. I'm curious, you know, growing up, when did you start playing soccer? Was it like most kids in America were like, you know, you're three years old or whatever? I mean, like, and then when did you start thinking, I can actually, like, play in college, and maybe I want to coach also. Yeah, it, um, you know, I certainly started in uh, the the youth level. You know, we're in a church league, and, you know, my dad was the coach for a year or two. And, um, you know, and then slowly just kind of progressed and, and went. And, you know, the area I grew up in Ohio was was definitely football, you know, for sure. And um, But the soccer scene was, was pretty big also, um, and being able to tie that into. And, and then, um, you know, started, uh, I had to make a decision in high school playing either baseball or, or soccer and, um, you know, made the decision on the soccer side of things and, and really started competing more on the, on the club level and the travel teams. And, 
um, got lucky to get connected with a pretty good group that got around. And then, um, you know, it wasn't really on my radar thinking about playing college and, you know, typical high school uh, player, you know, I was like, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's like, all right, well, you know, senior year, I guess I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, and then I got a couple phone calls uh, of some schools that were interested. And then that really kind of dawned on me that, uh, you know, hey, maybe this is something that um, I, I should, uh, you know, look into and, and then went on a visit there at Hiram. And, and that was it. It was um, that that first visit sealed the deal for me. Um, and, and I looked at a couple other schools that just never kind of came close to it. And then um, from there, Coach Chris Yeager came in my sophomore year. Um, he was there for two years. And then really just the conversations with him. And then he ended up taking a job at Lynchburg College. He moved back down to Virginia. And um, my same thing, senior year, it's like, all right, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So so I called him and he said, hey, I got a grad assistant position. Why don't you come down and, um, you know, we'll figure it out and we'll get you in the coaching scheme of things. And, and that's really how I got my, my kind of foot in the door and, and, and just – when I got into that the first day, it was like, yeah, I think this is what I want to do. Um, and, and so it really worked out really well for me. For sure. So a cross-country move, we touched on it. How challenging was that? Uh, it seemed daunting, but, you know, now that it's over, like, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, we we obviously made a move from Memphis to Tacoma. So we did the sure. half, half tour, yeah. and then this was the full tour. Yeah. So we were a little, little kind of uh, prepared on what to do. And... Um, you know, we ended up just kind of loading everything up in a pod um, and then just taking the, the one things that we needed in one car. Um, and then luckily, we kind of have family and friends across the U.S. So it was um, 3,800 total miles, but it took us probably about 12 days. So we took our time. We only we drove like six, seven hours. But um, there's some things on a bucket list that we wanted to go through and check out. And then, um, you know, like I said, again, we were able to to stay with uh, some in-laws and, and staying with, with my parents for a couple of days. And um, it was, it was a fun trip. It, it definitely was fun. And, um, it, uh, is, is just beautiful. You just have a, a good, very few, many people, and you don't really get the option to drive cross country very often. And so I, I think we made the most out of it. Well, when we released the announcement of your hiring, you, you recorded as saying Bates is a sleeping giant. What do you mean? How, how are they, how is Bates a sleeping giant in women's soccer? Uh, you know, I just think that, um, I, I, I think obviously, just with the, the facilities and, and the directions that our department started to go into, I think um, the group that we have coming back, um, I, I think is um, we, we have some talent in there. Um, and then I think just being in the Lewiston area, I think um, it, Maine will always draw people. The NESCAC will always draw people. Um, but I feel like we get a special breed of kid here at Bates. There's kids that are a little gritty, that are a little more blue collar, that want to kind of get in and grind with things. And um, that's really kind of the way I want to build a program. And so I, I think I think there are some opportunities where we can really make some jumps pretty quickly with the program. And, and I think that was it. And, you know, like, again, with the administration and the support that we have here, I think we can really – the potential is, is, is pretty big. Uh, now, with that being said, obviously you, you got to do it in the NESCAC and go from there. And so there are some giants um, in the league. But I think it's something that we can slowly start to chip away and, and make some improvements. So when you're coming in as a new head coach, do you reach out to the current student athletes right away, the incoming first years? How does that process work? Yeah, it, uh, I had this this grand uh, plan of like calling every player that yeah. was on the roster by July, and then it's like real life happens. Uh-huh. Like, oh yeah, by the way, you have to move and do yeah. all these things. So really, what we did was uh, we started kind of with the upper class and started working our way down, um, and really uh, just pretty much phone calls. Um, and so you know, um, being able just to get on the phone and, and talk with the the student athletes and. 
um, talk about kind of the plan. Uh, it's very cool to hear their excitement about it. They're, they're looking forward to it. They're excited about it. And, you know, that makes things just that much easier. Well, it must be exciting to see the new grass growing on Russell Street Field, right? <laughs> yeah, again, it's the same thing. New surf there, or yeah. new new turf there on that. You know, the sod is is coming in. It's looking really good. The the turf in Underhill has been um, something that I know yeah. our group is super excited about, and that'll be a good thing for us in the off season. And if we have inclement weather, we've got a place we can go. Um, but yeah, it definitely is uh, it has been a good change and, and, and a big bonus. Uh, we're talking on a Tuesday. Yesterday, Monday was orientation for the first years athletes as well. What was that like for you? Uh, it was exciting and fun. Um, your campus always has a different buzz to it when there's students around, and especially the beginning of the year, the weather was beautiful. Um, so there was certainly a lot of excitement. It was really nice to meet all of the first years because I've only been able to meet a couple of them. So, um, you know, the first couple of training sessions is really going to be faces and names yeah. <laughs> uh, and going from there. But it uh, is it's like anxious excitement because you're just ready to get going and, and knowing that you still have to wait a day or two to, to get things going. I was just kind of pacing around yeah. <laughs> waiting for the meetings to end and and so that we can get going forward with it. Are you a coach who focuses on like goals like that you set for the team for, for yourself or is that something that kind of comes organically? I think those come organically. I mean, our goal, um, they, they, they won't really be numbers. It's going to yeah. be more about just trying to compete and um, can you be better than you were yesterday? Um, and, and that'll be a big thing that we'll focus with this group this first year is just trying to change that culture a little bit. Um, we're, our plan is to try and put them in an environment where they can be successful and, and if that if those small details come together, then, then the other things are coming together. You know, when you set number goals, some of that's out of your control. Um, well, it'll be a big focus for us too, is talking about the things that we can control with this season. And, um, you can control your effort, you can control your attitude. Um, and, and those will be the things that we'll work on in the fall going forward. One challenging thing about the NESCAC is your first game, your first match, I should say, is a week from today. A week from today. Thoughts on that? It's crazy because yeah. all the other Division threes, you know, I was always in a tizzy thinking we'd never have enough time, and here I am with less. Yeah. Six days, you know, trying to get it going forward. Um, the the nice thing is that time for us, we, we haven't started class yet, so the the team can just come in and focus on the soccer aspect of things. Obviously, first trip to Hamilton is a big bus ride for us, seven, eight hours, um, which will be good. I think it'll be a good thing because, again, it'll, it'll allow us to get away. We can, again, just focus on us. We can hang out on the bus um, and, and do those things. And sometimes being on the road is an advantage. You don't have uh, really any distractions. You have a little bit more control over your environment. Um, but, yeah, it um, again, it's excitement and panic at the same time uh, of being able to try and figure it out. But, um yeah, you know, we, we obviously have Maine Maritime on, on Tuesday, which would be a good one also, and nice little in-state rivalry. Um, so things are, are slowly starting to come about. All right, well, any other thoughts on uh, what you're most looking forward to in your first year here at Bates as the head coach? I think uh, it's just going to be a big learning and, and growth uh, for sure. And, and I'm, um, I'm most excited about our group's excitement. They're looking for um, just uh, to be able to come in and get things going, and, and uh, obviously the, with the change of things. Um, but I think that is the most part. I think it's just a big, exciting thing. Um, and being able to get in and kind of learn and, and figure it out. Um, again, that, that was one of the big reasons why I took this job was just to get out of the comfort zone and really try and grow and, and push. And I certainly think we're going to have a lot of growing pains, and, um, but I think we will make, make pretty big growth for it this fall. All right, Joe Barry, welcome to Bates. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. New Bates women's and men's golf head coach Henry Fall did not need to travel far at all to get to Bates. He was born and raised in Maine. 
having graduated from Mount Ararat High School in 2010. After a stellar career at Elms College, Fall returned to Maine, where he's been an assistant golf pro at Sugarloaf Golf Club and most recently at Bath Golf Club. Now he's the youngest head coach at Bates, and we welcome him to the Bobcast. Growing up in Maine, how'd you first get into golf? What prompted you to start wanting to play? Well, first off, I just want to say thank you for bringing me on. This is pretty cool. Uh, really excited to be here at Bates. For me, I think it started when I was uh, I was probably five or six years old, honestly, and I, I used to watch it on TV. That's kind of how I got started. You know, you got Tiger Woods, you got Phil Mickelson, you got some other legends kind of at the end of their prime. So that's what kind of drew me in. And then I had a few family friends that sort of played and, you know, we, they would chip and putt around the house and things like that. So when I was seven is when I started taking my first lessons. I'd go to the driving range. I worked with a head golf professional um, out at driving range in Brunswick, Maine. And that's where it, it all kind of clicked for me. Like, this is what I love to do. This is a sport that excites me. And, um, you know, I was playing other sports at the time, but by the age of 10 or 12, it was pretty much just golf. That's what I focused in on. Golf can be relaxing. It can also be stressful. How do you find it out there on the course? Probably depending on how you're shooting, right? I don't know who says it's relaxed, but they're, <laughs> they're completely wrong. No, I, I, I think that uh, finding that zen, yeah. finding that zone that you get into when you're playing really well, that's what's exciting is when you can get there. And, you know, I felt it before. There's rounds where you make four or five birdies in a row and you don't think about it. There's, that thought just isn't there. It's just happening. Um, so I, I think that most of the time it's more stressful than not, for sure. But learning to slow down and, and enjoy the process, enjoying being out outdoors in nature, even when it's blowing 40 miles an hour in your face, you know, I, I think it's, I just love the sport. I love everything about it. So, What was it like competing in high school at Mount Ararat and then also in college at Elms? Uh, so for me at Mount Ararat, um, you know, we had, uh, we had a couple of really good years, um, competed at States. Uh, individually, I, I felt like I um, accomplished some things during high school, even outside of high school golf, like, uh, you know, winning a main state junior championship. I was um, a really big accomplishment for me at the time. And then going into college, it just uh, carried over. Um, when I first started my freshman year at Elms College, I was 5'6", and I weighed about 145 pounds or whatever it was. I was this little kid, basically, and no one thought I could play. But I, you know, I, I ended up having a really good first year, and we won our conference. And then I started to incorporate fitness training. I grew a little bit. Um, so I think the, the four years I had at Elms were... Um, I think we did it. We accomplished a lot of really good things together, and especially my senior year, going to NCAA's uh, Division Three championships um, down North Carolina. That I, that's an experience that I'll, I'll always cherish. I think it was just a great time. You know, you mentioned fitness training, golf. Obviously, there's no running involved. There's a lot of walking. But what's the best kind of training methods that you found to improve your golf game from a strength and conditioning perspective? I think for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I've tried everything. I've done, uh, there's a period where I did solely weights in the off season. There's a period where I would no, use no weights. So it would be all uh, resistance bands and med balls and things things of that nature. And I think it's just, it's, it's doing everything. Uh, understanding, you know, what movements translate well to golf. You know, does a chest press translate well to golf? I don't know. That's up for debate. So... I think that uh, for me, I, I worked more towards uh, uh, golf-specific movements. Um, 
and you know Gary Player is a name that gets brought up a lot with uh, uh, fitness and golf and he was kind of the one that started it all people say Tiger did but mm. if you look back farther he was he was something um, you know for a guy that's five five six five seven and he won I believe it was nine majors I mean he was and he was in shape and he he's been uh you know, someone I've looked up to for a long time. So I think in college, I, I watched some videos of him, watched what workouts he was doing, and I incorporated some of those as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was a little kid when I came into college, and then by my senior year, I was, you know, I grew four or five inches, but I also put on uh, 30 or 40 pounds, and it was it was mostly muscle. It wasn't like I, you know, built up something else so you know it, it was I was stronger I was yeah. hitting it 20 30 yards farther and um, I think for me it, it gave me confidence that I could go out and play these courses when it's cold and windy and and still you know get the ball out there and compete and um, you know I loved I loved everything about it, the holistic approach that was all what I was about competing in golf tournaments is one thing you graduated from Elms in 2014. What prompted you to want to start coaching golf? Or did you coach while you were in college on the side? Or how'd that go? Uh, so I worked at a golf course uh, throughout college. Uh, it was kind of my first, I guess, legitimate job <laughs> where uh, I was sort of assistant pro, assistant manager, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it, at a golf course. And, um, you know, I was helping out with junior camps. And I wasn't really technically able to give lessons because I wasn't PGA or anything. But... Mm. At the time, it was just kind of a, a learning experience, and then, uh, you know, even in college, I would I would try to help out the buddies, my buddies on the team, and um, you know, I was always analyzing my game, obviously, and then always fascinated with swings and uh, short game techniques. I read a lot of books in college, like Bob Rotella and you know uh, Harvey Pennick, these these guys that are masters of instruction and, and psychology of the sport. And, um, you know, so when I got out of school at the time, I didn't, I was kind of devoted to, you know, finding a job and whatnot, but I, I, I learned after a couple of years that, you know, golf is my passion. I want to be in the sport. So, um, that's why I've been pursuing a, a, a PGA class, a professional status. That's why I've been competing still. And, um, you know, and then giving instruction, obviously coaching and, uh, junior camps and, so I think for me, the opportunity to coach and have a team and recruit and, you know, incorporate fitness training. Again, it all goes back to that holistic approach I talked about and the opportunity to coach a team like this. I was just so excited for. Um, so, yeah, the opportunity to be here is it's great. I'm curious from a coaching perspective, I imagine when you're doing instruction, sometimes you're working with people who have barely played at all in their lives. While here at Bates, obviously you have guys who've been and, and women who have been playing for quite some time. So what's your approach there? And when you have more experienced players in terms of, obviously maybe you don't want to do a complete overhaul in one year, but how do you kind of approach that, you think? Again, I think it's, it's taking the holistic approach, you mm -hmm. know, um, getting into the gym. Is that something that... Um, is that something you're going to do? Are you going to, are you going to be accountable for that? Are you going to be excited about it? Um, you know, and then going off of that, uh, I think short game and psychology, um, strategy, course strategy, these are all things that we take for granted. We would just go out and play and, you know, yeah, you might hit a 300 yard drive, but it's the same as a one foot putt. So I think that college golf is one of those things where the players are all pretty good. 
they're not that far off from being really good. And they're, they're all pretty comparable. You know, you got guys that are shooting, you know, high 70s, low 80s that um, they're only a little core strategy and short game away from being in the mid 70s. And that's what you need to compete. And then you add in some fitness and you add in some other things along the way. Yeah, we can fix swings and that's that's great. Um, it's only going to contribute to that. But more often than not, these players are all capable. Um, it's just It's just showing them an avenue to get to the next level and whether they're willing to take it or not. Excellent. Um, what appealed to you about the Bates position when you heard it was open? Obviously the school, the, the reputation it's had, um, it being in Maine near my, my hometown. So I've, uh, I've obviously had an open eye to it. I've never really uh, been on campus so much before, but I've driven by it and was always in, in, intrigued by it because it was such a beautiful campus. But um, yeah, the, the opportunity to coach Division three at an SCAC school it just it it seemed to align with everything I was looking for and and plus like I said I played at Elms College many of the courses and teams we played are the same that we're going to be playing and you know it's just it's cool to see when I look down the schedule for the upcoming season I'm like oh I played there yeah I've played there oh we won that tournament so you know it's 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 kind of cool to be like that I can share something with them that's um not just you know where your where your club face is at this spot or where your grip is you know it's more hey i've played this course this hole you don't want to be in that spot and that's something that again goes back to that strategy and how you're going to shoot lower scores and i I really feel like it gives me a little leg up in that department and then uh and then obviously bates it's it's a great school i just think it's uh i'm really happy here excited excellent have you ever played martindale before I've played Martindale, yeah, yeah, several times. I haven't yeah. played it in a few years. Mm. Um, I'm probably, I'm actually playing it tomorrow morning. It's okay, six thirty in the morning. All right, so. there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a great track, great home course. It's a tough walk, mm. which I like for, for my purposes, for my coaching purposes. I want guys and, and girls are in shape. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's a good test. It's uh, an old Donald Ross course. Greens are kind of crazy and. You know, it presents a challenge, and it can get windy, and and, uh, and it's a beautiful course, beautiful walk. So, I like everything about it. The the as a home course, it really I think is a, is a good spot for us. Now, you're obviously coaching two teams, the men and the women, but it's they're, they're combined. They practice on the same course as you mentioned, and so on and so forth. How do you how do you imagine yourself approaching that? You know, kind of two separate teams are kind of one program, if you will. Yeah, no, that's certainly. Um, I don't want to call it a difficulty because I don't I don't look at it that way. I want to say it's more of uh, uh, just something we have to approach. I, you know, I'm bringing on an assistant coach who I'm really excited to have here, and um, I just think it's it's managing time. You know, um, I want to be able to devote my time to both teams evenly. I want to try to travel with the women and the men equally, and yeah, I think it's. Uh, it's it's kind of it's exciting. I at first I didn't know if it was just uh, when I first heard about it. I didn't know if it was just a men's team or just a women's team. Mm-hmm. So when I heard it was both, um, it was intriguing because I'm like, huh, I wonder how that's gonna. But I the more I think about it, the more I realize that again, it's not like I have to go down the line and be like, okay, we gotta make a big swing overhaul here. It's, no, most of these players can play. Let them play. 
and get them to work on the little things that will make them all get to the next level. And again, I've played these courses. I know where they're going. Yeah. So I think that that will communicate to them more than anything. And yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity to coach both teams. And, and yeah, maybe you want to call it a challenge of having mm. a women's team and men's team. But I, I don't know. I look at it more as golf communicates. It's, it's, it's a language. And I mean, everyone's individual, but I think at the end of the day, the, the sport itself, I've been playing it since I was seven. And I've, I've taught women and men along the way. I think both teams can be competitive uh, this season. I'm really excited for it. All right, Henry Fall, thank you so much, and welcome to Bates. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. While Vary and Fall are new to Bates, cross-country head coaches Jay Hartshorn and Al Farashidian have spent a combined 40 years leading their respective programs. Hartshorn is entering her 15th year as the women's cross-country team's head coach. The Bobcats finished 17th in the country last year at the NCAA Championships the second-best national finish in program history. Although a number of talented seniors graduated, including All-American Katie Barker, Hartshorn anticipates another strong season. This year is going to just be completely different, and that's always exciting when you feel um, like you're not just kind of like repeating something, that it feels like there's a lot of unknown, which is exciting. So we actually graduated five women who are in our top eight, which okay. is like a pretty amazing group, a uh, number of women, and it was an amazing group. But then I also felt like there was people who were on our team last year that should have been in that, mm. you know, top seven and weren't. So um, I think I probably feel like we have a stronger group coming back than maybe you would look at on paper, um, just based on that peer number of graduating those five women. And so we have some women with some really, really good experience. But I think what I'm excited about is like how different this year's gonna feel. And I think that will be like really energizing for everybody. And then when you want, you know, teams to have their own vibe or different culture and not feel like you're just like repeating things. I think that part's going to feel really different this year. Terrific. And then um, first year athletic orientation was today here on Monday. And uh, what do you tell the first years when you meet with them? You've obviously recruited a number of them, but what do you tell them about what they can expect from you know, their collegiate cross-country experience? Yeah. So we actually haven't really had that meeting oh, yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we have we have a big group of first years, so okay. it's kind of figuring out like who they all are. And so we'll know a lot more um, just on Wednesday. So I think some of them are gonna be able to make an impact right away. Others I think are really strong runners and will make more of the impact in track. You know, that's pretty okay. typical of right. us to have some kids that maybe are on the cross country team and then you get to track and you go, oh, okay, you know. Um, and I'm hoping some of those students who were on our team last year who are really more track people are going to step it up during cross-country this year, which is exciting. Um, so our, it's also unique because women's cross-country, we're the only team that still goes on ASOP trips. Right. So they'll be with me for like a day, <laughs> and then they'll leave, and we'll go through some fun stuff with the upperclassmen and have some days, and then we don't get all back together till Sunday. So on Sunday, it's like a second first day for me in terms of like here's now we're all going forward we're all doing the same thing I mean our season is three weeks longer just off the bat than like a soccer season or field hockey season mm -hmm. so I feel like we have time and time is going to be on our side this year so alumni meet this Saturday what makes this event special for you just it's always an opportunity to see alums and this year we have a few people that are um 
coming back I know that I might not have seen for a couple years you traditionally get the people who like just graduated always come back and that's just sort of nice to find out what they've been doing over the summer and like how things are going I also know a lot of our alums really want to see like a meet so um, there's a group of them that aren't coming for the alumni meet but are like oh I'm coming for the first meet because I actually want to see the team race Um, so I think we're gonna have um, really good support and we still have some local people that will certainly see this weekend and then you know on the men's side the alumni meet's been going on forever um so a lot longer than we have so it's just nice to kind of see the same faces year after year and the support that people have in our teams and then the like pride people have from being part of the programs at Bates. When did it really get going for the women a bit I mean before you got here or after? Yeah I think a few years before I got here um and this is I'm starting my 15th year so it's been going that whole time at one point we had you know we just peaked with like a really good big class um of people coming back which was great um, I always tease them because so many of them live in Boston and <laughs> <laughs> Labor Day weekend is like moving weekend in Boston, uh, you know, because everybody um, switches apartments. Mm-hmm. There's so many students and it's like your first time's out. And so yeah. um, they're always like, oh, I'm moving during alumni race, but I'll come another time. And they do. You know, we had NESCACs in Boston last year and saw a lot of people. So they're they're out there, whether they'll be at the alumni race or other races. We'll see. Great. Well, your two captains this year, Anise Gonzalez and Olivia LaMarche. Tell us about them. So I think they're going to be a really great um, pair. You know, they, um, Olivia was like a true walk-on for us, which was kind of cool. So she um, tried out for soccer and that didn't work out and emailed me and said, oh, I'd like to run like I've run before. And I probably was, you know, in my head a little bit dismissive and, um, but you know, I was talking to Art, and he's like, we have such a small class, like, why not? And then I was like, well, how, what does that mean you've run before? And then she was like, oh, I did this road race, and I ran 1930. And I was like, oh, that's actually good. So come on, like, <laughs> let's see. And yeah. I think I said, like, okay, well, this is great, but you're starting a little bit late, you know, just a couple of days. But, like, we're, we're just going to throw you into it. I'm not going to wait for you to catch up. Um, and we have this trip plan to Kentucky and we're, you know, taking 10 people. And I don't think it would be really fair to take you because we've sort of had this and you're just like hopping in. So I'm not really sure whether you would, you know, really be in consideration for that trip. And she's like, yeah, fine, fine. Well, then we had our first meet and I was like, so you're going to Kentucky. (laughs) And she's been like top seven ever since. Um, and she has just like always tried really, really hard and has had some really great success in cross country. Um, Anais is a fighter. She um, broke her ankle really badly during um, the middle of our sophomore cross country season, not running, doing something different, uh-huh. and had like a really, really major surgery actually the day before we hosted NESCAC so mm. that year. And it um, so the fact that like she came back last year and was running after this like really extensive surgery and then starting to PR. And the great thing about her is it's nice to have someone who hasn't been in the top seven be a captain because they have a different feel for being on the team. And when we have so many first years this year that might not be top seven, that's actually a really, really important thing. So when it works out that way that we have somebody that hasn't been top seven the captain those are usually captains wise some of our like most successful years because they look at the team 
you know, both in terms of like the competitiveness, but also very much in terms of the culture and inclusivity and how we can like make that happen. And then she's from, you know, California, which is great. There's, um, we have another first year from California. That's something that's kind of cool about this team. We have um, a woman coming from Alabama, a woman coming from mm -hmm. Texas. So we're geographically like pretty diverse and that, is something I'm really looking forward to. You know, people that have been training like 100 degrees yeah. are going to come up and be like, oh, thank goodness, it's awesome here in Maine. Um, so we'll, I, th I think just how um, geographically diverse our team is will like definitely give it a different feel than feeling like, oh, they're all from New England. We knew each other in high school and that kind of thing. Right. How about the schedule you have set up? It looks like you have a trip to Ohio during the season. Is that right? Or did I read that? Yeah, yeah. no, we are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're right. Um, we always look to do like an interregional mm -hmm. meet and um, – this year, that one sort of just like lined up in our schedule really well. And we've always uh, somewhat considered it because one of our great athletes, Izzy Alexander, that I guess graduated in 2008 or nine, nine? Yeah, this is yeah, 10th year, 2009. <laughs> um, she's been assistant coach there for a couple years. Okay. And so we finally were like, okay, this kind of like lines up with our schedule. And then there'll be some teams um, from regions that we don't see, mm -hmm. which is really great. The thing about New England is we are so strong in cross country. There's a big a meet at Connecticut College that brings in a lot of interregional teams, but you don't come to New England unless you think you're really, really good because you have to be ready to compete with the best teams in the country. So if you leave New England, you can get um, you know exposed to some teams that might be fourth, fifth in your region. You beat them. And that could help your chances to get to nationals. So I don't know if that's, you know, where our team is, but it's always like a really great experience. And it gives you confidence um, because our region is so strong. Sometimes you don't realize we could be the eighth, ninth, tenth best team in our region. And we still might be the top 40 in, in the country because we're so strong. And so to go out and see more just kind of gives you a more of a sense of like, okay, maybe we got this and we're ready come championship season to like fight a little harder so and it falls during our fall break this year which is awesome so there's no like missing class and right. rushing in we were able to book the tickets with bigger windows and feeling like it can just be a little more chill than other years Al Farashidian is entering his 25th year as the men's cross-country team's head coach. The Bobcats are coming off an outstanding 2018 campaign that saw them qualify for the NCAA championships as a team for the first time since 2013. This Saturday, Bates welcomes a number of alumni back for the annual alumni meet, a tradition that dates back to the 1970s. Farashidian is ready for the first event of the fall. Alumni meet obviously has been going on on the men's side for decades upon decades. Uh, what does this tradition mean to you? Uh, it's really very special. This is the 46th yeah. uh, running of the alumni meet, so you're right. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, just recently sent out to our alums a copy of a letter that, that Coach Levinsky sent out originally to uh, prepare people for the alumni meet. So that's on our, on our social media sites. But uh, <laughs> it, it is, it's, it's really special, and we have a tremendous group of guys that you know come back every year from multiple generations and, uh, and decades, and, and uh, you know it's a great way for us to kick off the season. I went to the alumni meet a couple of years ago. I remember a couple of the older alums really wanted to win like they want they're, they're they're competitive oh there's Still, yeah. there's a lot of guys out there that are very fit yeah. very competitive and kind of living a, a little bit living trying to relive the glory years a little bit you know and, and want to try to get out there yeah. uh, it's interesting because over the years uh, it's it's changed a little bit in the last 10 or so years but over the years this meet has been a very competitive meet very close meet and for a, a long time the alumni's had the advantage uh, on the varsity but uh, last 10 years we've kind of turned that around a little bit so so uh, bottom line it's 
it's it's it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to just it's a good test for us to see where our kids are at at this point. Certainly, and obviously, you know, talking about this year's team, a couple of captains, Justin Levine, Ryan Nealis. Justin's a senior, Ryan's a junior. Justin's so enthusiastic. I've interviewed him before. Ryan um, had a breakthrough year last year. How excited are you about these captains? I think they're going to be great. Uh, I think they're going to work well together. They're different types of guys, and they've got, they bring a different skill set into the team, but I think it's going to be one that will be a balanced approach for the team. Um, you know, this is going to be exciting. You know, Justin's been a, just a tremendous uh, part of our program ever since he stepped on campus and very consistent and, and one of those guys that we can just count on. It's going to give us a good presence, you know, at the front of our field. But uh, we're really excited to see what Ryan's going to do this year because Ryan had a phenomenal track season last year and ended up becoming a 413 miler, which is good by anybody's standards. Um, but at the same time, this is really the first time that he's come into a cross-country season uh, with a summer of preparation and ready to go. So, and we saw some moments of brilliance out of him last year. He was actually our alternate on the team that went mm -hmm. to the NCAA championships. And had he had another week or two or a couple of workouts or maybe another meet, he might have been in that top seven. So uh, he's going to come in fit and ready to go. So we're looking forward to some, seeing good things. How sweet was it for the team to get back to NCAA? Oh, that was great yeah. last year. It was really great. Um, so many times we've been on the other end of that decision process. And, <laughs> right. and to be on the good side of it for one time uh, was, was really a lot of fun. And I think, you know, the guys that get out there got a tremendous amount of experience. And that was really one of the reasons why I wanted Ryan to get out there as an alternate. Because even though he didn't run, he absorbed it all. And, yeah. and I think that's going to come back and be huge for us moving forward. Well, how about this alumni captain tradition you've started here? Uh, Devin Diltz this year, I assume it's going to be keep trying to find a new alumni each year to kind of be an example for these guys. What's Devin bring to the table? Devin's an outstanding gentleman and, and really looking forward to the contributions that he'll be able to make to the team. He came to Bates as a transfer student from Vanderbilt, um, you know, his sophomore year. And he, you know, we were very fortunate to have him, but he came into the program at a time when the program was really weak. Uh, we had come off a couple of you know rough years and, and we were just sort of rebuilding and he was really the catalyst to getting a lot of the things that took place in the in the in the early teen years going and and really kind of changed the culture on our team so uh, I think he's going to have a lot to share with this team and I think he's going to be uh, he's he's a guy that uh, uh, he quickly became, uh, it, it was quickly apparent to me that he was going to be a huge part of our program and has been and has continued to follow us ever since he graduated. Terrific. And um, one thing I know that Bates has been trying to do is kind of uh, um, strengthen the faculty liaison program. It's been around for quite some time, but uh, Francis Eanes, your faculty liaison. Great professor of environmental studies, mm -hmm. uh, very enthusiastic. He's a former runner himself. I okay. yeah. uh, graduated from Messiah College in Pennsylvania, so he had Division Three experience. He was a national qualifier in cross country, so Perfect he fit. he understands yeah. <laughs> what it takes to to you know be part of a successful Division Three program. And and as a result of that, uh, he he has comes over on uh, occasionally. He comes over and joins us for practices, and he'll be at some of our meets. And and uh, just a, a super um, young man and super young professor here at Bates. The New England rankings came out today. Um, I believe Bates is. Pretty high up there. It looks like fourth, I believe, in yeah. New England. And I don't know how much stock you put in that, but it's nice to see, right? It is. That's exactly yeah. the way you look at it. It's, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, <laughs> but but the bottom line, it, it does it does indicate that people understand and respect the, the strength of our program. Yeah. And and consequently, you know, that, that can't only but help as we move forward. And it's good for our younger athletes to see, okay, you know, we're, they're coming into a program that's, that's pretty special. 
Well, speaking of those younger athletes, I know the first years just had their athletic orientation. Now, what do you tell first years when they come in here about what it takes to succeed at Bates? Because I know a lot of these cross-country runners, they're there in indoor track, they're there in outdoor track also. Yeah, we've been working the last couple of years uh, on, on really kind of refining and and defining you know um our vision mm-hmm. our, you know for our program and and uh it was kind of fun because last year as we kind of worked through some of those those growing pl- pains i was able to share that with a lot of the guys that were coming in and and almost to the person as they kind of recognized what the vision of this team was going to be uh they said that's what i want to be part of yeah. and and it, you know and it, and it you know running cross country is a challenge for anybody but you know it a lot of times it's uh, some high school athletes will come in and just assume it's an extension of what they did in high school. It's a whole different ballgame. And and these guys, I think, have a good understanding of that. And I'm looking forward to working with them. We've got a very talented group, so I, th- I suspect that we'll have some, some strong input from some of our first years. Great. Well, any other thoughts on the upcoming season, what you're most excited to see from this group? Um, I think we're going to see a lot of continuation of the development that we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bart Rust had a phenomenal yeah. year all year long, and I suspect he's going to be one of our top guys and going to give us a really good presence up front. But we've just seen a tremendous amount of development within the team. Um, you know, Tucker Barber is a guy that really started stepping up, and Henry Raff's another guy that has the potential to be a really outstanding, you know, contributor for us. And guys like Nick Stathos and, and uh, Jeremy Bennett have put in great summers. So I, I, we're going to have a really good, strong solid crew coming back in here and it'll be it'll be fun to watch the whole thing next time on the Bates Bobcast we'll continue our fall sports previews by taking a look at the field hockey volleyball and men's soccer programs with head coaches Danny Ryder Kogut Melissa Duran and Tyler Shake that's next time on the Bates Bobcast Bates, 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 Bates.